Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. It is the Monday after the Super Motocross Playoff kickoff. and uh, Inaugural. Yeah, the inaugural. Inaugural? 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 <laughs> the first ever. And uh, yeah, so Don Maeda here with Chase Curtis in the Swap Moto Live headquarters. And of course, we have uh, Mike Antonovich at home in Illinois. And O'Neill Racing's Alex Ray calling in from his uh, desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But in the uh, office, dude. Anton, what an event, man! It it was uh, it was amazing to watch on the broadcast. I'm sure it was pretty cool in person. Yeah, it was fun. Um, look, full dis- like full disclosure right off the top, there were points in the weekend uh, where it was like, wow, this is like 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th Supercross, whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, on Friday, track was kind of baked. It was hard, dry, it was hot. Guys didn't really think that there was a lot of passing opportunities and that it was pretty single file because it was such a long, narrow track. Uh, so I'll admit that like on Saturday, I was like, well, what are we getting ready to go see? And then they dropped the gate for those motos, and it was unreal racing. I only watched a little bit of it back on TV, but dude, like the Hunter or the Hayden and Levi back and forth, uh, you know everything. Like there was that was great racing. The, there was great passing points. The track was super interesting, and that was a sellout crowd. Uh, Charlotte has been waiting for a Supercross for a long, long time, and those people definitely turned out in droves to see it. So this thing's got some uh, momentum to it, and Chicago should be really, really good this weekend too. Did they did they prep the track differently Friday and Saturday? Oh yeah. Um yeah. Friday was just kind of like dried like it was water and everything but it was drier and it was hotter and it was flat. Uh it was really hot and sunny out. It was like in the 90s. Um it's blacktop asphalt. I had made this joke to a couple people. It kind of felt like being at warp tour because you're just standing on this black asphalt just baking all day. Mm, you oh, know. Man. And yeah. then that uh that definitely probably did, you know, add a little bit of a variable of making the track drier and harder. But then Saturday morning's first practice was pretty wet and heavy and just deep and sloppy. And even with the rain that was coming, I thought that was odd. But then the rain never came, thankfully. It waited until 8 o'clock that night when everybody left. And then it was a full-on typhoon mm. until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. But, uh, yeah, it was way different. I, I couldn't believe it how dissed up it was in certain spots like the rollers before that that supercross triple the sweeper corner that was there the outdoor section that was at the end of the drag strip they that was a very interesting track and it was cool to see how it all went i talked to alex gillespie from dirtworks he had told me quite a bit of how it came together um so yeah it was cool it's a different deal i'll have a little write-up on that later on did he give you any insight on how they how they timed and worked the split lane to actually like I don't know. I thought it, it worked pretty well. Dude, I I think they kind of got lucky. Like they they did a great <laughs> job of it because I even asked a question on Friday in the press conference to Adam. I'm like, look, we know that you guys, especially Adam, you'll play around and you'll see what works. But by the time things get serious, you guys will have run lap times. You'll have dart fish. You'll know what's faster or not. And he's like, yeah, we'll go into these free practices and just 
see what's there, but to see how even it was, you know, you'd have a guy flying in when they would take the longer way. And then the guys that would jump over the tunnel came into that little meeting point slower. Mm. And there were a couple times where I was like, Oh, how's this going to go? Because they would be dead even. And yeah. I, I mean, that was the first time I think I've ever seen an option lane like that work that well. And yeah. it was really good. Yeah. To me, yeah, to no, me I, I thought the track was great. To, to me, it just looked like maybe the longer way you saved a little bit of energy because you didn't have to like work on scrubbing and pushing through that, the over. But I could not believe how well it worked. I can't believe nobody hooked bars and just right? yeah. eat shit. Yeah. The, like I said earlier, the sorry to cut you off, Avery, but the uh, when Hayden and Levi were going back and forth, and Levi like stopped over that hump and then cut back down and then blasted off back by the start straight away. Like, yeah, Hayden made the pass, but that whole section lined that up. You know, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was gonna go back to like just like the way the the track was prepped, right? Anton, I don't know if you talked to, to anyone Saturday morning, but I feel like um, not that many people changed their bike after Friday, like doing like, you know, sort of, uh, I, I guess, like the, the press day, right? It was sort of like a normal, I don't know, Supercross-ish, Monster Cup-ish prepped track, right? Like it wasn't super bumpy. It wasn't till deep or anything, but but it seemed like a lot of guys struggled with their bike on Saturday. Um like, I guess they weren't really anticipating the tilled up, watered, and deep ruts and breaking bumps and all that like what we got on Saturday. It seems like... Oh, yeah, they, no, everybody straight up thought it was going to be Supercross, 100%. Yeah, it seems yeah. like they, it, uh, it seems like, you know, if the weather was different between Friday and Saturday, yeah, but it, the, the prepping was different too. So it's kind of like they gave riders false hope on their predicted setup on Friday. And then we're like, hey, we'll show you. And then water. <laughs> well, and, and, it's, and it's honestly, it's, it's, it's cool on their part, right? Because they have, they have dark fish. They have, you know, greats. I mean, we're pretty much, I mean, the bikes are, you know, they have electronics and all this stuff. And, and it seems like nowadays it's, it's easy for these teams to have a good setup on, you know, whether it be supercross or outdoors or like at least somewhat of a base. And I think this past weekend, it, it threw a lot of the teams for a loop. And honestly, like, I mean, for a rider, I'm sure it sucked. It was horrible. But, I mean, as a fan, I absolutely loved it. I mean, watching Jet struggle after, you know, having a perfect season, like, like I mean, it sucks for, for him, right? You know, he had a he had an off day. But, like, it's, it's honestly something new and cool. And I, 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 I enjoyed it. And I think, like, what they were trying to achieve, you know, with motocross and supercross, I mean, yeah, looking at the layout on Friday, everyone was like, oh, man, this track's easy. It's going to be one line. But, dude, it created some mm -hmm. close, great racing. Hey, Ray, you know, I, I, you're going to be the guy to answer this question because I've been thinking this all weekend, hearing everybody's comments about how their suspension was off, that they came in with maybe a touch softer than supercross. They've all ridden supercross, expecting it to be like Atlanta, really. And for it to be as rough as it was, uh, I'm so surprised that everybody didn't think to go softer, but is this the racer mentality of like, I can't slow down to go faster. The only way to go fast is just to go even faster. Like, I'm so surprised that more guys aren't just like, hey man, if I just back it down a touch, everything will be a little bit easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Un understandable, but like, you got to think too, like in qualifying, the times were so close. I mean, everyone was in it with 
you know, was super, super close. I mean, there wasn't that, you know, balls fast lap time that was a second faster than everybody. You know, when the track is super fast like that, you have to ride that edge. And then sometimes you throw some rollers, some breaking bumps and stuff like that in there, you know, with some some ruts and some singles on the inside of turns. It, it can get a little hairy. I even mean, though, on like bike setup, like, yo, dude. You don't have to have it be a hundred percent for supercross all the time. Like, give up a little bit there to give to get yeah. some more over here. And it never. And this isn't like a bad thing, but just all the comments that I always hear from guys, it's always just like, no, no, you just go faster to go faster. You never slow down mm -hmm. to go faster. Yeah, yeah. And one of those things too, like you want a stiff setting, right? For to in supercross you want to be as low as possible you don't want to like be stuck in the air and in the rhythm sections you want to be able to push through um and then as well as whenever you're casing a jump or you're going long on a jump you want to have that stiff suspension as like a buffer right like so like it'll it'll save you in times where you get a little sketchy so uh but yeah i mean if you go to a soccer setting it's definitely going to be uh tougher on the guys but um I, I agree with you i think that a lot of people miss the mark i think that um a lot of people i think you're going to see a lot of different setups uh whenever it comes to chicago whenever we have like that longer track that you know they have that layout on hey a ray when uh when you think about the suspension changes you would have to make between saturday and sunday like mm -hmm. saturday you, you're thinking okay yeah yeah i'm good and then Sunday morning, or rather Friday, you think you're good. And Saturday morning, you ride the first qualifying. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. What level of changes do you think guys were doing? Was it just clickers? Was it springs? Or was uh, it, were they busting this components open and valving? I mean, depending on who we're talking to, right? I mean, uh, Jet, or Jet I, I'm not sure. I mean, but Sexton, Sexton's bike looked absolutely perfect, which we've, we've I've said on record that, you know, like, I thought that his bike was a little bit soft in, in Supercross and maybe even outdoors as well. Um, you know, it just looked like that shock that he runs might be perfect for this Supercross, like Super Motocross, you know what I mean? Mm. And then, uh, but say if you have a guy like Kevin Morans or even like people like Shane McElrath and Colt Nichols who, who are world Supercross guys, right, who come to these SMX races that don't have that much support, I think that they're just doing like clicker changes. I mean, yeah, they have a mechanic, you know, say if they have extra clamps, they'll be able to change the, the rake on the mm -hmm. bikes and, and, and do stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll probably go back to the drawing board this week, but you know, I mean, fuck it, whatever it's Saturday, I mean, you don't have that much time yeah. to make these changes, you know? So I'm sure that they're, they were going out on the rebound uh, to get a little bit more like plushness feel on the forks and shock. Uh, I'm sure that they were, they were going, they were raking the front end out to get a little bit more stability, uh, lower in the rear, um, do all kinds of stuff. Hmm. I, I so one thing, go ahead, Chase. Um, but there is one thing that I text you guys about into the suspension talk down that we have to point out, but go ahead, Chase. I, I was just going to say like real quick about the track before we move on. It's, I want to see if I'm in the mi minority about this, but like to me, the passing was, was really good because of kind of the prep, I think. And, uh, yeah, the rhythm lane was cool. But I, I think the track layout really lacked, like, an exciting factor. Like, the jumps looked small. Uh, you could see how much the guys were having to slow down for the triple after the rollers. I don't know. Like, it just watching the some of the racing, I was just like, man, this track's really, really boring. 
Yeah, and I yeah. feel like that had to do a little bit with, you know, having the 65 kids um, and then, you know, having it at the drag strip as well. I think they were a little bit limited on, on space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dude, uh, so self-admittedly, I, I, I was watching the race and, you know, I wanted to just watch the first moto and just be like, ooh, ah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I saw that Anton got stuff up Friday and I was like, sick. And I watched the interviews. But I didn't watch the raw video because I didn't want to see anything. So when the gate drops on the first moto and they do that start head on each other, I'm like, ah! Oh. And then the split <laughs> lane, I'm just like going, holy cow, what is going on? I mean, hey, <laughs> I can't believe nobody ran into each other head on in the first turn. Yeah. And yeah. It was close. It was amazing. And like the finish yeah. line too. The finish line looked like it was pretty sketchy as well. Yeah. All those guys going, you know, in the I, air at the same time. I guess I'm kind of wrong on the layout wise. Like layout, the track was exciting with with the split lane and all that. I the think jumps. it's the obstacles, yeah, yeah, that were kind of lacking maybe. But like, could you imagine what yeah. it's like having the whole shot and just flying in the first turn and looking straight at the guy that got yeah, the whole shot on the other terrifying. side? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, dude, yeah, it's like a game of chicken. Yeah, yeah. or like, the, you know, uh, how did somebody mid pack not get bumped wide? and go flying into the head-on traffic on the other side, you know? <laughs> Were there any first-turn crashes, Michael? Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter went down, but Forkner. he just kind of... But was it because yeah. of that? No. But it wasn't anything because of chaos. It was mostly just like, I either washed the front end or you bumped somebody's rear tire, but it wasn't yeah. just like bar-locking, ass-over-tea-kettle chaos. Yeah. To, sh- to Chase's point about like the difficulty of the track... Both Hill Brothers pretty much described it as like a local fair race with the world's best racers. And I would say like as far as track difficulty goes. And honestly, I wouldn't say that that was like that far off. But in watching it, God, that track, like if if you could make that layout for just the average guy minus that gnarly deep sand section, that looks like a lot of a fun track. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that really does look like it would be fun, especially in that inside after the triple where they did all those like switchback corners and the off cambers and the hip jump double, like that looked like a blast and seeing how guys went through everything. Like the biggest question I had for a lot of guys, especially through those turns and the bumps was like, I would watch them come through the off camber. There would be one main rut and you would see how bumpy it was and how they were jumping over bumps or over lines and just getting creative to get around it because you that was when you really were riding motocross stuff with supercross suspension and the bike was just stiff and just hammering through it um so again to what i was going to say about the suspension thing though i think everybody at one point on friday or saturday had like was searching for a little something with their suspension because maybe it wasn't what they had thought it was going to be after all those weeks of riding supercross or a hybrid track or whatever but uh, as we've talked about in these last few episodes, there is a thing going on in the pits right now where a lot of the suspension guys that have been on teams are moving around or they're yeah. leaving the industry or they're whatever. Where some of the established guys are moving out of it completely and there's younger kids that are coming in that maybe don't have all the experience. And that's another variable right now, too, that a lot of people are trying to figure out is like, hmm, man, not only am I learning something new, the guy that I'm working with is also learning on the fly, too. So there's... It's going to be interesting in the next couple months to see how who goes to what teams in suspension capacity, what brands pick up what guys and everything else. So I'm going to just get the race tech plug out of the way. If you want to be in the industry, go do a race tech seminar and learn how to start doing suspension because there's a lot of teams that are going to be needing the suspension guys soon. Yeah, seriously. No joke. I wonder if the race tech guys 
were uh, there valving shit. <laughs> Dude, they might be they might be getting a call from a couple of teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Anton, uh, during the race, uh, was it hard to keep track of what was going on because it was so big and spread out? I mean, it probably felt like an outdoor, right, where you see a guy every two minutes. Or every minute, right? You know what, dude? Like, on Friday, I thought that this track was going to be, like, a two-minute lap time. And then when they started coming around by, like, 120, I was like, oh, this ain't bad. And then when they got down to, like, 114s, 115s, <laughs> and stuff like that, and the races, it was pretty quick. So then you saw guys so fast. It wasn't where I was like, oh, man, look at the clock. They're back again. They came through pretty quick. And because everything was right there, if you stood in the middle of the track, you could watch across five or six sections at one time. So if anything, it was actually a little hard to keep straight what was going on because it was almost like sensory overload of everything happening mm-hmm. on top of you. Hey, on this topic real quick, um, is there something against the uh, or is it something that the Austrian brands have against the uh, the lights that they're putting on the forks? Because I noticed like, I mean, on this point, right? I mean, they a few of the guys like Levi Kitchen, the star guys, um, I think even Cowie had the lights on their bikes for uh, the leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just wondering because I didn't see it on Vial's bike and a few of the Husky guys. No, it's a rule. You have to have it. And the AMA provides it. So, like, we put oh, out so the it is? seven. Yeah, it's a like, it came out late last week. We had a phone call on Tuesday with NBC's crew. So, like, Ricky and James and everything. And at that point, it was said that the supercross rule book would come out soon and then i knew where to look so i immediately punched it in and found it <laughs> and yeah leader lights are part of it um but now the thing that a lot of teams are going to do some of them even took the setups back with them because it's connected to your transponder and everything's wired in the back so i think a couple teams are going to be working with those setups this week to figure out how they can hone it in uh, i saw in some of the ktm stuff that they were mounted on the front fender rather than the fork tubes themselves mm-hmm. but it is a rule that you got to have them that's for the yeah. fans to easily pick out the leader. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that 87-page rule book, I know that it, it seems like a lot, and there were a lot of people that are like, dude, I ain't a reading lot that. Of, a lot of people Fucking, clicked yeah. on that pit post, Michael. Mm-hmm. Dude, you have to read this stuff because I know that so many of you, like so many people don't understand when these things happen, but it's right there in black and white for you to know, like, oh, they did this now, mm-hmm. and this was a massive undertaking for them to get it done. And all of these rules are going to end up becoming supercross rules or motocross rules soon. The biggest takeaway that I have from the rule book is, uh, do you remember years ago when Dungey's Suzuki wouldn't start at Southwick and he had to be back on the track before, before the, the first, first lap, lap came all the yeah. ran? Yeah. That's not a rule in this now. You can join at any time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. Huh. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, if it that, that could end up becoming something. I don't know if that's going to be supercross motocross carryover or if that's just unique mm-hmm. to this. But there's quite a few things in that rule book that you see the sponsorship opportunities that are out there, the kind of guidelines for that stuff, the sports gambling thing, uh, because, you know, that that's a big question. It's only going to get bigger, you know, as, as DraftKings and all that keeps going on. Uh, but, yeah, please, if you guys got time, read that 87 page thing. I'm going to do another recap about it to hit the bullet points of it. But there's a lot of good details in that. Hey, Anton, maybe that's yeah. the Jet Lawrence motocross rule. Or he'll give everyone one lap head stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hey, hey look, looking at note. the uh, looking at the you know guys saying they struggle with suspension and everything. Who do you think got caught with their pants down the worst? Would it be the Lawrence brothers because they both were really off in the first moto? 
Yeah, I'm not sure that Hunter had as much issues bike setup wise as just bad starts bad and luck. mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I would say uh, it that it affected um, jet the most. I feel like just res- like just looking at the results, you know, in that first in that first moto. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go Jet just well, because of like the uncomfort, like the of what we've seen in the summertime you know like with him going 22 and 0 or whatever and then coming to super motocross we thought that he would be a favorite and for him to struggle that much in that first moto i mean he reeled it in in the second moto pretty good but still like i I, i'm gonna go with jet alex you're you're really good at at, uh, looking at at specifically jet and chase's like setups and seeing how the bike's reacting dude Mm -hmm. watching watching jet's bike and then thinking a couple weeks ago about that clip that went viral of his his bike like not even moving and then you watch mm-hmm. that and then you watch his bike this past weekend that thing looked mm-hmm. stiff dude yeah yeah i mean it was still balanced and i believe that that setting right it would work in a traditional style supercross with big whoops big rhythms ruts all that stuff but with smx being the way it was i just don't think that it was uh it was the right move and like really first ever 450 supercross for him and yep. it's not even a real supercross so i think you got to you give him a mulligan on that one mm-hmm. uh, i was standing behind chase when LeBig interviewed him and so it was a pretty telling point you know chase had been saying how excited he was to get the supercross stuff back on his honda mm-hmm. and everything and then to LeBig, he he openly said he's like you know in all of our preseason testing for outdoors i thought i was going to go this way so we made our decision and we got all the parts and we did everything for this setup. And then it turns out I didn't like that. But by the time that I made that decision, it was too late to go back. But now I'm back on my Supercross stuff that I like. Hmm. And Avery, we've talked about it so many times. Do you think it was that brace frame? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that I was. That guys get stuck in their first decision. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, obviously, if a guy's going to say, I want to ride a KYB Air Fork. They're going to buy all the parts for it, right? Right, yep. But like like you said, you said Anton's a brace frame, right? Why well, can't they cut the brace off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I Like, I'm, I'm really, I. something else happened right after that, though, or around that same time that, like, Chase kind of got caught up and then he did my interview and I was like, man, you know what? I'm not going to keep pushing the subject here because, like, he seemed a little perturbed about something. So I was like, I'm going to just get my winner's interview and then I'll circle back on this one next week. Mm-hmm. Was this before or after uh, the press conference? After the press conference. Okay, so maybe... I had heard about, I had heard about something happened in the press conference, but I don't know what it was. It, it was it was pretty much uh, Chase commenting on the commentator, Uh comments um, that, that, keep, that keep getting received but at the same time like i understand it yes because it seems like chase is being singled out but but at the same time i mean what other sports i mean like every other sport is critical about the people right like i mean they'll speak their opinion and everything like that so i feel like you know we're wanting to be recognized as like a mainstream sport then we i mean some of these guys maybe just need to i mean just face it right like you know, I mean, people have their opinions about these certain things. Uh, you know, on the commentary thing, I'll just say this while we're on it. RV did an excellent job on Race Day Live. Like, yeah. RV yeah, Loki could end up becoming one of the best commentators that we have, bar none, because 
Uh, he doesn't give a shit what people think. Yeah. And I think that that's the problem is like certain guys, then they start worrying about what other racers or what the public thinks about them. RV straight up don't give a shit. He'll tell you what he thinks. And like his banter and his back and forth, even if it wasn't a topic that like was presented to him in the best way, he would get you to the point you needed to go to. His comments about are they going to doze the outdoor part of the track? Like RV did a great job on race day live. I was really entertained by him yesterday. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah. Oh, and another note, I want to just say that uh, the 450 LCQ was a fucking yard sale, and I loved every second of watching it. It was so entertaining, and I'm glad that I was sitting on the couch watching it instead of racing it. <laughs> That's good to hear. I just want to throw that out there. Ooh, shit. I just saw RJ's crash. That was a good one. Oh, Ooh, that's that, another one to the head. Nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think they do like a, you know how Fox has like the wind logos on the back of the jersey? They should start doing <laughs> like logos? head. Yeah. <laughs> head smacker logos. Um, okay. So, you know, we saw what we saw on TV. Anton, I think you have a unique perspective because you're there in person. Um, Sexton versus uh, everyone else for this next two races. Is he. Well, and. You know, well, like the he, thing he, about it is, he I, went 1 1, right? So, but then. Jet really looked like Jet the last few laps of that second moto. Mm-hmm. He, dude, Jet, Jet came on that little bit there at the end, and like even his back and forth with Kenny, that pass that he has on Kenny over the hip jump, I got a photo of it. And as that was happening, my eyes to the eyepiece, and I was like, hell yeah, this is great. It was great racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this next one's going to get a lot better. This was such a question mark in so many ways. I mean, realistically, for people that may remember, in 2016, when the USGP was at Charlotte, it was originally supposed to be on the drag strip, too. Um, and then they ran into a problem because, you know, of the length of the track that they got to do and some other things. But then another answer that came out was, yeah, we got to use this drag strip right away after this. So can you guys make sure that you can clean up all this red <laughs> clay that's going to mess up the pavement? Because the drag strip puts down this real sticky substance to increase traction on the concrete or the asphalt. And, like, that's a factor that they got to get through mm-hmm. next week's going to be pretty much predominantly on an infield grass track. So it's going to have, it's not going to have a rock hard concrete base. You're going to have almost endless kind of give to it. So that's another variable yeah. that's going to come into it. And then a week later you get to LA and it's concrete under there. So, and they're going to have to redo their whole setup for LA because I feel like LA is going to be a bit more super crossing because yeah. of it being in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Peristyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peristyle. Yeah. It's gonna be so <laughs> sick. Yeah, and some of the plywood was was showing. Uh, they were down to the asphalt in a few spots. I seen in practice. Oof. Uh, there really was no plywood. It was uh, they put Just mulch the asphalt? down. No, they put yeah, they put mulch down and then they put the dirt down. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. But, but that they, you know what I'll say this: they did a very good job of not letting it get that far down because there were some spots where I was like, oh, they're just gonna hit one line there, but it stayed. It seemed like it had a nice, deep enough base. Yeah. Hey, uh, what do you guys think of Kenny? He uh, he really came out swinging, I thought, and, and looked great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just typical Kenny, right? I mean, he's one of the most talented dudes in the world, and he just picked up right where he left off. He's one of those guys who pretty much hasn't been at a race in the past however many months, and he shows up, and he's, boom, right there on the podium, which mm-hmm. is awesome. You know, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, I feel like that's just typical Kenny right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Could you imagine, Don, like as a father, um, imagine how like 
anxious you were the day before the girls were born? <laughs> Could you imagine getting a podium the day before you knew you were going to go home and get induced and be yeah. like, let's go? Because, the dude, that month before Megan had the baby, I was a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> so it, they, yeah. they induced yesterday then? I believe so. That's what the plan was, yeah. yeah. Wow. Did, so, does he still, does, does Suzuki just look freaking ginormous with him on it still to you guys? I don't know. Like, obviously he's ripping. I just feel like he he's the bike just still looks so big. Um, I didn't he's really small. think like he looked yeah. different on it. I thought the bike, I, I like the all black plastic yeah, black and all that. Sick. I thought the look of it looked sick. Uh, and then they've done a lot of work all year on those bikes. Like there's active ride stickers on all three bikes. I mean, it's everything. So like they've done a really, really good job of getting that thing set up and, I, I think now when they have two really good 450 podium contenders and potential race winners on it next year, like that Suzuki's going to look good. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's insane. So, hey, in our little group text or whatever during the race, did, mm-hmm. you, did you did you notice? Was I not paying attention well enough or did Ferrandis not thank the team? No, he did. He, he did? He, well, he said something about his bike being good. I know that. Because he was very complimentary of the team when he came to life at the end of the Nationals. You know, like, oh, thanks to Star Racing Yamaha, we, we're still testing and it's good. But I don't know. I, I thought in the inter- one of the interviews he thanked his gear, his helmet, Monster. Maybe. No, he, I think he did because he, I mean, he even mentioned Toyota Vescondido, which was like, I think, Don, <laughs> you know, remember back in the day, yeah. he wasn't thinking them. But uh, I had heard that they had even offered Dylan a contract extension through the summer and he didn't want to take it. So it's not like all hope was lost and it was this like animosity, like, yeah. They wanted to keep working, and for people that don't remember, I mean, Bobby scouted out Dylan from Europe years ago just because mm-hmm. he was battling Jeffrey Hurlings. So it, it's odd to see it come to an end the way that it is. I mean, all things do, really, but uh, especially in this kind of team rider dynamic. But it seems like it's been pretty good. He was paired up with Jelly for the weekend instead mm-hmm. of Peanut. Uh, yeah, his I, mechanic. Like how, I like how Peanut got swooped over. Mm-hmm. But that was a good thing, too, because the way they explained it, look, you can't really have Eli's guy working with Cooper for three races. So let's just go ahead and get the transition going. And like Dylan, you know, Jelly, so just go ahead and jump over there and let's make it all happen. Yeah. So is Peanut going to be Coop's guy next year? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Their first day together was this week. He was with Dylan up until the Ironman thing. And then as soon as Dylan pretty much got done and then during that downtime, Dylan didn't ride that much because of the Ironman crash. Yep. But, uh, yeah, him and Jelly got together, and then Cooper and Peanut got together just this in the last few days. Cooper Webb running to Pro Taper uh, ACF bars with a blue pad. Oh yeah, yeah. Not fusions. Not no. Fusions are out of stock. Those are the the crossbar <laughs> crossbar ones. One, yeah. yeah, yeah. How how? Uh, I mean, your interview with Cooper was great. Um, how how did he look on the bike? Was, um, I'll say that the result like probably didn't show it. He was he was trying. He was definitely trying. I think that a lot of people thought he was going to come in and hit it with the race win. And he even said it too that he was there to race for the win because that's what you're always going to say. But I think realistically, everybody knew yesterday or Saturday was going to be a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. All three of these races are. Um, but he, it's same old Cooper. He's fired up. He was really playing with Jet quite a bit. Like they were chatty during the. <laughs> press conference and then on the track if jet was on the track he was right behind him if jet pulled off he pulled off behind him so i'm thinking that he's already like come on kid let's like see what we can do so cooper's doing his normal cooper thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> sick. <laughs> hey did, he got to wear his uh new signature helmet right yeah so sick 
Yeah, it's it's great to see him get. He, you know, like last year he had the signature bell, Moto Ten spherical, but he's a Red Bull guy, so he got never got to wear it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But now he's getting to wear the blue version mm-hmm. with the monster logos. How about how savage that bell post on on Thursday, where he's wearing his Red Bull KTM hat and says, "This this helmet's cool, but it'll look a lot better next year." <laughs> He should have switched his hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He's funny because, like, okay, look, we all know, you know, he's been on this bike a minute. Yeah. Uh, but then, and even he had said to me, like, yeah, I've been riding it for a while. He did an interview with Mathis, said he'd been riding it for a while. And then he got on the press conference stage on <laughs> Friday. He's like, oh, man, today's my first day on it. And I was yeah, like, why? This guy. <laughs> this guy. He's funny. I And I said it in the interview, too. I think it's, I always knew he was going to be back at star from the day that he left. I'm like that. He's going to go back. Come on, man. That's his like extended family. And then, um, I think him being at the farm with all these kids, like the Romanos and Deegan and, and whoever's there, like Cooper's a young kid at heart. Anyway, I think that this is like the perfect thing for him. Just get back in with all these dudes that are young and feisty and be the top dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and going back to the the show that I did with him uh, a few months ago, right? Like at the Swap Metal Lab office there in Marietta. But um, he, I asked him. I said, you know, if Yamaha had had gone to, you know, had had Star been Star Yamaha a little bit sooner, do you mm-hmm. think that you would have left and went to you know Factory KTM? He said, No, I would have never left. Yeah, I and 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 that was and that was pretty ballsy. I feel like at that at that time to say, you know, yeah, yeah. that is. But then again, yeah. dude, Roger had been trying for him for a long, long time. So to say yeah. that that was like a five year effort by Roger to get him. That started way back at the Motocross Nations too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't doubt that he really did feel that. But like, man, it's unbelievable to think what the last four years could have looked like if a couple little things had not happened the way that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh yeah. on Cooper's Instagram he was like posting pictures of like I think it was one of those lately posts or whatever, but yep. it was a photo of him at the river, I think. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's lean right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's in shape early before Anaheim. I mean, yeah, he's been yeah. he's been grinding probably. I imagine he's been with Swanee grinding for since then since he left Alden's, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think it, I think it was honestly it was just time for a change. You know, new people, new personnel, just a yeah, new bike, everything. You know, he's refreshed, he's motivated, he's he's just ready. So, whenever you have these things uh, happen, I feel like like that, it just gives you a little bit more fire. You know? Yeah. And you got to say about the KTM thing, like they really did try everything. Like for it yeah. to end the way that it ended, he got all of last year off because of he not li- him not liking the one bike. He rode a stock bike at a J day and all across North Carolina and everything like that. They did do the suspension where he got to try somebody else's stuff. And then whatever happened with that, like God knows only they know, you know, and, and all that. But like, it really does look like they explored every option to make this thing work. Like, yo, take a break, come back, do this, do that. And then, all right, we'll just pay you to stay home. Like they did everything they could to to make something happen, rather than it get too nasty. Mm-hmm. You know, they they said it a couple different ways in the broadcast, but like ultimately, I, the thing that was surprising is it, they made it sound like KTM was like, "Yo, you're done." Yeah, they. I mean, Coop said KTM was the one that told yeah him, told him to stay home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Crazy. 
Hmm. Any anything else in the 450 class that's uh, that was shocking? Um, shout out to AC, dude, because like that was a good spill, and he went down. That was a good one, and Adam got up at the very, very back of the pack, and he just kept doing the laps. And like I said earlier, there was a sold-out crowd, like 35-something thousand people, and every time he came by for eight laps, everybody <laughs> cheered. And that was cool because, like, we know that Adam's trying, and he's getting quick because he was at the top of the board and – qualifying for a certain point so it was cool to see adam have some fight uh the cali guys looked like they were ready for full mud there at one point i heard if they thought it was going to rain and then it never did i was surprised that a lot of teams so back to the rule book uh you could tech two bikes in for these races but everybody looked like they just had one bike mm-hmm. so yeah uh props to time master pool as well because i mean ripping yeah. two great starts yeah. ripping up there great qualifying dude he's crushing it Append- did, did you hear his appendicitis thing and how yeah. was the weekend like everything that they're doing that's crazy and then uh ap i think his results don't show how good he was riding i mean he coop got him a couple times i think in both motos and he managed to to get him back and keep charging yeah there was one point too where i was like watching and i was like there was the guys that have been racing AMA stuff all year in one fight, and then the guys that are doing World Supercross in another <laughs> fight at a different pack. And I was like, bang, bang. Like, I was watching it. I'm like, I'm in Charlotte. Now I'm in Cardiff. And now I'm here. And now I'm here. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that, that's a whole nother can of worms right Dude, there. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, they got new ownership. It, it, gosh, it, it doesn't look good, you know. But, uh, I mean, they'll get through the year. And I think that next yeah. year will get better, but they just got to get through this year, they said. To me, okay. the the thing yeah. that really doesn't look good is is all the riders that raced it. I mean, they they all kind of struggled for the most part this weekend, and I think it's because none of them really have have uh, bikes to ride and practice during the week. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like Mudo straight up took the parts off of Colt's bike and brought them home with him. I watched him check all of the stuff in front of me at the Delta counter yesterday because he's like, "We got one of everything, so it goes home <laughs> yeah. and it comes back, and we'll take it back to Chicago with us next week." Yeah. 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 We got a call. I mean, I mean, we got a call for a oh, test yeah? bike loaner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, yeah. I'm doing SMX. Can I borrow that bike? Crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, and it was crazy for, to see that Savashi didn't even, he wasn't able to show up, man. Like, I, I, I feel like that's another one that I would have liked to see, you know, come into this SMX. And I feel like he would have been right there um, in the mix as well, doing good. Do we think that has something to do with where he's maybe possibly going next year, though? Or no? Uh, I think it, I don't know. I think it's a lot. I just think like, I think it's yeah. a lot of everything going on right now. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's there several different things going on over there. I feel like. Yikes. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, let's take a, uh, a break. Hey, real quick. Oh, real quick. Yes. Uh, real quick. I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> give a shout out to my homie. Um, you know, last week I, I had a comment about a motorcycle that I had had purchased and, you know, I, I said some things and I would just like to apologize and, uh, to that, to that person. Um, so yeah, on that note, let's take a quick commercial break, quick commercial break. And we'll ponder over our, uh, our, our bargaining powers and referrals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to, uh, when we come back. I think we're going to get, uh, the first ever, SMX 250 class winner and late kit award. Yeah, late kit award. So, uh, Joe Shimoda will be with us when we get back. ASV Inventions supports the sport of motocross with innovative products like the original unbreakable folding lever, 
on-the-fly adjustable clutch purchase, rotator front brake clamps, Y-handle tools, and more. ASV is also a distributor of products like ODI Grips and the innovative Gate King Tailgate Adjuster. They're also a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Race Series and their trackside at each and every event. Their amateur racer support program is open year-round, and you can apply for support at hookit.com. Learn more about ASV products at asvinventions.com. Did you know that in addition to being some of the coolest people on motocross, the crew at WUSA are the official importers of Talon, Kite, and Edge hubs, as well as the leading resource for DID and Excel rims. Through the years, we've tested plenty of aftermarket wheels, and the wheel building crew at WUSA can't be beat. WUSA is the source for all things associated with wheels, including sprockets, spoke wrenches, tire irons, and more. Mention Swap Moto Live when ordering anything from WUSA and get a nice little discount too. Check them out at WUSA.com. Hey, what's up guys? It's Malcolm Stewart here. I ride for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, and I've been training harder than ever, and I've been using Guiltless Food Company for my performance on my motorcycle and it's been doing a phenomenal job. I've been with these guys for the last four years and I get meals every week and it's just easy for, for me to come in on a hard day's riding, throw it in the microwave and my meals are ready to go and it's fit ready meals provided for me. You can sign up online and by using guiltlessfoodco.com or go to their local Temecula store and get your meals in person. Set yourself up for an easy win by going to Guiltless Food Co. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is 9 times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike I spend plenty of time cross training on my intense mountain bike. From the super fast and efficient sniper cross country bike, to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes, or even the amazing taser e-bike. Every intense is designed and developed in the United States and built to the highest standards. A life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too, so give the crew at IntenseCycles.com a look. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, on the line, we have the beast from the Far East, Joe Shimoda. So, Joe-san, congratulations and omedetto on the uh, the big win this weekend. How was it? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I think I really enjoyed. I think everybody came in with like a lot of unknowns how the track's gonna be like and how the formats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a good day for us and uh, yet we just have to stay focused. How did you prepare for uh, the unknown? Right, like it's combination supercross, motocross. Like, 
Did you guys come in with different settings or did you come with straight Supercross stuff? Um, we started out with, well, I started with uh, just riding Supercross stuff. Um, road normal Supercross, maybe a little bit of adjustments. And uh, Kawasaki actually, you know, um, made the whoops to a roller. So it's like a little bit of out, outdoor sections. Uh, that that was added to the track, and and I also rode outdoors on the supercross suspension, and we did a lot of things. But <laughs> yeah, something like that. How did you feel when you got yeah. when you actually got to the race and saw the track? Uh, was your opinion Friday at practice day different from Saturday on race day because they changed the track? Well, yeah, my first opinion was just, it was just super fast um i feel like super cross without well super cross with less jumps that's what it looked like i mean felt like um <clears throat> honestly i i did feel a little bit of outdoor section like places like after finish line but mostly uh, a lot of fast section into a checkup jump so yeah i think super cross setting was like the right right direction and yeah i think everybody thought the same way <laughs> did you make any adjustments you, between saturday sunday or friday saturday nothing nothing big changes just the small adjustments so hey joe after that uh that last uh qualifying right um obviously i'm sure you guys had you know jim driver y'all's the best you know, semi driver in the pits, <laughs> um, you know, videoing the video in the practice and you see um, Deegan do that big rhythm. Was there any like uh, hesitation? Like, did, would, were you guys like, oh man, maybe this is the line that we have to do? <laughs> no, I, um, well, there is, well, actually, it's hard to say because there is a big line that you can actually do and there's a race line to stay consistent as well. Um, but are are you talking about one after the it, wall jump? Uh, yes, the one after the wall jump. I were like going quad three, and I seen Deegan do it in practice, and I was wondering if you know that was something that you guys were were talking about with the team or the dart fish, um, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we we were talking about it, but I was more more um, I was thinking about three on off three, and there's like steep tabletop over two some guys were doing it in practice and i thought that was like really sketchy to do because the tabletop is really sharp um but yeah just i mean while we're racing we just took totally different lines just the normal lines you know um just go three on off two over table three three so um yeah we talked about it but i wasn't too worried about that Hey Joe, did uh, you're behind Vial? Were uh -huh. you thinking that you were gonna just rail that outside right around him? Is that where you had planned to make the pass, or you kind of just were like, "Oh, let's let's do it," you know? Um, yeah. The only, I mean, both moto only the places that I thought I could pass was the option lane, possibly, or um, yeah, I found a good line on site lap going around 
outside on the flat turn after the rhythm section. But yeah, while racing, I try to I try to go around outside uh, one or two times. But I, f- I feel like I needed to pass him quick, quick because the outside was kind of getting blown out to where I couldn't make up some time anymore. Mm. So but I just made it in right time and it, it made it, it worked. So I, I was pretty stoked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joe, what was it like uh, with the, sp- the crazy split first turn? Was it kind of scary going head on with the other guys from the other side or s- didn't think about it? Honestly, I thought it because there's no barrier or anything. So mm-hmm. I thought it's going to be like, yeah, sketchy. People might be hitting wheels, but no, it, everybody hugs around tight inside. And, and it was actually, it was actually not, I, I thought it was safer than original start. Because mm-hmm. so, it's less guys, I, right? What? Because it's only half the guys going the same way. So maybe Exactly. Safer, yeah. 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 Joe, I want to ask you a little bit about your bike, right? Like the, um, I guess you guys sort of found something, I think engine wise, um, has that, has that been something that has, as I mean, it seems like it's helped, right? Because, you know, a lot of the PC kids are, are getting good starts now. Um, was that something that you had to get used to, uh, that was a big change or was it, was it something just like, Oh, the bike is better because it's, it's got more power. No, it's it's small small changes, but like for me, it helped a lot. I mean, especially at the end of the outdoor season to now. But like Ryder D and Seth, that those two always been a great starter. Like they will get a whole shot anytime. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's really cool to see for circuit guys up front. At least like two or three of them every race. So, yeah, that's been helping. Hey, uh, Joe, what did you think of your Fox kit this weekend? So sick. Cockley. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) I told him maybe this is like by far the best kit of the year. Yeah. That's what I Even better than your your Loretta's kit that you designed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that one's pretty (laughs) sad. Yeah, the the (laughs) kit this weekend was good. No, the kit this weekend was better, yeah. Dude, Joe was dripping all weekend. His shoes at the press conference were hot fire. His mom had a hot fire t-shirt, chrome hearts on. Joe's a fashionista, man. I love it. (laughs) Heck yeah. Were those golden gooses or were those bathing apes? The what? The one I was Yeah. It's called a, you know, uh, it's called a babe star. Yeah, I I thought they were babe stars. I love babes. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really cool. I thought yeah, no, yeah. yeah, your shit was fly, Joe. How, yeah. how much are those shoes, Joe? <laughs> how much are they? <laughs> yeah. Talk guy, Disney? From, well, I got it from my, like, selected stores. It was kind of expensive than what it should be. Probably around, like, I don't know, 580. Oh, oh. oh that's not bad. That's not bad. No, that's, 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 not, bad. that's, that's not bad. That's a deal in the yeah. shoe culture right now. Yeah, 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 I'm old, though. You know, Dude, I go to the Vans outlet in yeah. Elsinore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two for 45. Don, Don's, got the, Don's got the old New Balance, like, 980s hey, or whatever they are. old <laughs> New Balance in my life. Come on, Eric. Right? Dude, it was, it was so funny during the press conference for the 250 class because it was basically, like, being at, like, a sneaker hype 
Beast convention because every guy had on nice tennis shoes. It was <laughs> hilarious. Sneaky. Really? Yeah. Hey, Joe. So you yeah. you won fifty thousand dollars, right? That was purse money. Uh, honestly, I don't I don't even know how these like bonuses work. <laughs> uh, so I think it goes to the team, and then the team will pay you. I believe. Oh. Okay, but if you get all fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars for one day's work, what are you gonna go buy? Uh, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I just like kind of probably real estate in Florida. I think, <laughs> I think Joe, I think you should get a taller garage for your for your Tesla. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like never really door? thought. Yeah. He can't lift his his. He can't open the back door in the Tesla because it'll smack the roof of the garage. Really? Right. It'll smack the garage. Actually, you know what? Right now, I've been I've been buying um a furniture for my new house. Mm. Oh. is it done yet? What is it done? No, it's gonna be done in September twenty uh, something. Oh, oh yeah. getting close. Soon. Getting close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so, always look at your neighborhood. And I go, oh, Joe's gonna live there part time, <laughs> part time. Yes, I've been looking up on on the furniture things, and they're pretty expensive here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to get on Wayfair. You got to get on Wayfair, man. Like I've been doing the same thing. Like, and you got to take advantage of that Labor Day sale. You get when the sales come, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, you take care of that. If you go to IKEA, you have to get the Swedish meatballs. They have that. They're really good. Dude, Joe's wearing five hundred eighty dollars <laughs> shoes. He's not going to IKEA. All right. right. Hey, Sean, you need to get him a Z Gallery sticker on the helmet. Uh, <laughs> Danny sold Z Gallery. Ah, Danny's got to have a connection still. Yeah, maybe. maybe. So, Joe, will you have a bed or will you have a futon? Uh, bed. <laughs> 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 yeah. But in the in yeah. the kitchen in the drawer, more chopsticks or more forks? Uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do have chopsticks ready. Yeah. Hey, so what is your where where is your favorite place to eat? Like in SoCal right now for uh, like traditional Japanese um, food or like dumplings or dumplings. like what what's your jam? What's your jam? So there's, um, actually, I have a my mom's friend working at this place called uh, Sapporo Sushi. How, do you guys know that place? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one in Nekula, uh and the uh, one in off the Newport. Yep. Mm, yep. I've seen it. I, I I think those are those two are my my places to go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, so uh, if you're if you're ever in the Temecula area for dinner one night, I would suggest uh, you and I sushi. It's off Winchester um, over there. What? They have the best hand rolls ever, made really? fresh right there. I think I went there once. Is that like right in front of the the, the pizza place? Uh, let's see. No, that be that might be like a I I K U. Is it was it a all you can eat? Because this one isn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. If you're I mean, familiar with Wanky Jinchi Watanabe, you could you could hit him up. He goes there a lot. Okay. <laughs> you and I sushi. That sounds that's suspect. That's a Korean owned sushi restaurant. Uh oh. I don't know. That sounds like a Korean name. Uh oh. You and I? Like the letter U and then I? 
I'll, I'll send you the the details, Don, that you could relay the message over to to Joe. Ah, oh, okay, okay. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes, it's a very good restaurant. I but love it. I love I love Korean food too. Mm. Yeah, those oh, are my favorite. Joe. <laughs> yeah, Mama's Kitchen in Mama Menifee. Kitchen? Mama's Kitchen in Menifee, off of uh, what is it, McCall? It's, yeah, it's like Sun City. Yeah, dude, the best for sure. <laughs> Korean food. Wait, what? What is it? Mama's Kitchen. Well, like it, uh, it's uh, it's it's not like a specialty Korean. It's not barbecue. It's not sunnubu. It's everything. Also, like Asian food. Yeah, Korean food. You said you like Korean food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, maybe maybe I'll come take you. I'll pick you up and we'll go. <laughs> we'll go there. Hey. Ju- Hey Joe, so whenever you go to a Japanese restaurant, do you like the like the assortment of fish um, and all that stuff? Sorry, cut out. What was, what was it? Do you like the you like like the raw fish and everything? Yeah, I like raw fish. Oh, dude, I love it too. Don is actually allergic or aller- allergic to selfish shellfish. Yeah. yeah I, oh, really? Sushi. Uh, you know crazy. what? Selfish. No. Yeah. I actually don't like like crab. Like, um. Yeah, those kind of stuff. I it's just like, yeah, normal fish. No, yeah, no shellfish actually. Hey, Alex, you know what Joe taught me is that uh, sushi roll, hand rolls, and sushi rolls, and all that—that's an American fabrication. There's no such thing yep. in Japan. Hmm. Uh, I I'm about to marry a Japanese lady in in two months, so yeah, oh, she gave me the whole rundown on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got a souvenir of Joe's from the weekend. What is that? Sorry to interrupt. So, uh, you know the bitchin' monster water bottle, the bicycle bottles? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Jim Driver threw all those away, so I grabbed two of them (laughs) when I was walking out of the track. And then I looked down on the cap when I got back to my hotel, and it said Joe on the lid. And I was like, all right, that's nice. Maybe I'll channel some of that spirit. If there's a little bit of Arma Blitz left in there, maybe it'll get me going. Oh, you better check. It might have soy sauce in it. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, dude! Could you imagine Lucas? A hey, Lucas, his next like Joe pitch is gonna be like a signature, like chopstick or something like that. He's That'd gonna have sick. like a, he's gonna open a freaking you know a restaurant or something. Joe, Fuzz did you? Vietnamese, dude, come on. Joe, did you all keep right, your right. your lit kit gear? Or did you give it to a mom? Wait, did you keep your gear from this weekend, or did you give it to a mom or a fan? Oh, I didn't. I didn't give give it to anybody okay, really good. yet. Good. Yeah. Oh, that crazy lady that yeah. wore his pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, she wore it. Yeah. <laughs> she like, put it on her head. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah. After Salt Lake City, all the gear was sweaty and muddy. Who knows? I can't even tell if it's a mud or a shit. You know. And. <laughs> 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 And yes, yeah, she took the pants and then put it over her head. Like <laughs> that was great. Oh man! <laughs> you know what I've seen at these East Coast races? There's this one girl that is a Joe super fan, and she's at High Point and Indy Supercross and Ironman. She had a Joe jersey on. She has the sign swarm and everything. It's cool to see how many people like are into you, Joe. Uh, especially like these last two years. I think I think I remember too. Or actually, every one of the Guys in Pro Circuit know her too. Is that the yeah? One with, like, uh, with the like cat ears. Yeah. Did you yeah. have? Mm-hmm. 
Did she had a sign? Yeah, she had a sign. She was wearing your jersey, like one of your green and black, like a uh, uh, jersey from earlier this year, I think. Uh, yeah. All day at Iron Man. Yeah, that girl's that girl's about it. It's cool because she really gets excited when she sees you and Adam. Yeah. No, it's really cool to have people like that. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Joe, I got to ask you about the uh, uh, my friend Chris at Moto Memes. You know the <laughs> the Moto Memes this morning that said it was at this moment Joe decided he was going to win. <laughs> And you were uh, you were scoping out some uh, Oki Opai. <laughs> Is that what yes. it was? Because I, I saw your comment. You said, "Guys, it's not really like that." I promise. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. You know, I just I walked in like, and then like my elbow bumped into her, so I just looked back, and uh, right when I looked back, he screenshotted it, and it looked like I'm just like. Checking him out. <laughs> you got you got you got to see my uh, post from this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's the same person that was standing next to me. Yeah, and I I, I commented myself uh, eyes forward. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hope they, I it. Nice. Very good. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, we have two more. Two more races left. What is your, uh, what are your thoughts about the next two? Is it going to get tougher, or is it going to be better for you because you're on a roll? Um, same. Well, I'm just going to treat every race the same way. Um, stick to what I what I know and just focus on myself. Um, obviously, like in championship thing points wise, like the first one kind of doesn't really matter, you know, because. This next two are like are the big points. Are big points. So, I mean, if I can, if I can get a good start, run up broad, and if I have a chance to take it, yeah, I, I think I. There's only four more races, so I, I kind of need to to be uh, aggressive and um, take all the points. But you know, just stick to the same program. Yeah. Well, Joe, it's been awesome watching you uh, really come to. Uh catch fire this season and uh yeah i was in my living room yelling my my wife came downstairs and she was yelling for you too so uh congratulations on this weekend and good luck at uh chicagoland and uh looking forward to watching your race in los angeles no uh, thanks hey. thanks for calling in to us guys thank you all right joe we're gonna let you go but uh we'll uh we'll see you soon bud good job joe okay be gone all right Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Bye. So, guys, what did you guys think of uh, the 250 race and the way it turned out? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Deegan was amazing in that first moto, and Joe was amazing in the second moto. So, uh, I was was very pleased with the results. Yeah. I think there's just yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. Did you guys see the Deegan crash, man? That thing looked like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anton, remember he sent us the picture of the the pipe all clogged up. Yeah, that that was that was pretty crazy to see him slam like right there at my feet like that, and then uh, actually seen that happen a couple a couple of times. I mean, that you know, it's not the first time. I think it happened to RV one time too at the St. Louis Supercross. Like that's why PC went away from that stinger tip. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was yeah. Isn't that an AMA rule now? Like, because instead of the stinger tip, which could 
puncture a body that you need to have no, like it was still on the four stroke, but it was like the stinger tip uh, on the muffler. Even it was like pointed down, and it was like a real hardcore comb before Mitch went to the carbon oh, cover on the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was a while. I mean, that was like ten years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I I said it to Tom Vial when I got done interviewing him. I think these next like this next year for Tom is going to be huge between him, Joe Hayden, all yeah. the other guys that are there. I mean, that was a really eclectic podium that I don't think people expected going into the day. Yeah. Um, and they're only going to get better as this continues. I mean, we're about to with, especially with Hunter moving up, those guys are getting ready to just go to war for the top spot in the 250 class soon. Mm-hmm. Did Tom elaborate at all about him, his decision to step away from Alden's and train with, uh, Andy? not really. I, cause I, I had only heard a little bit about that, but I hadn't heard enough about it to where I was like, yo, dude, can I ask you a million questions? But I'm going to learn more about that this week for sure because he's been in Florida a lot and he likes it, but you know, I think that there's been enough rumbling around everywhere that it's kind of shown that he ain't there right now. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wow. What, uh, what else? What did any... I mean, obviously they're, they're pretty tight-lipped, especially when they have bad days. But any any anyone hear anything from Hunter? Was he just off day, bad starts, crashes? Yeah, I think he just really had an off day. I mean, in some of the some of the crashes that him and Hunter or him and Jeff both had, it just the front end would push. Like when he lost it out in the option section, and then Seth Hammaker crashed in the same spot in the same way, like five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just a rough day. But you know, I mean. Dude, these guys have been going at it all year. They've been tested in every single way. Yeah, this this thing is important. Like, there's no joke. Like, I'm not going to say that it's not a legitimate championship or anything like that. But when you've done everything that you're supposed to do all year, and then you have one bad day, get it going like this, like, you're really going to get that bummed when you look at everything yeah. else you did all year? Totally. Mm-hmm. I you do know? feel like I, that, I feel like that track was pretty hard to make up time, though. Like, if you're in Hunter's situation and you're getting up dead last, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it was pretty impressive to see where he climbed up to. Mm-hmm. You know what I was the thinking? The points. I was thinking, you know, like the Lawrence's had bad days. Mm-hmm. Either him won, but then Joe wins. I could just picture Lucas getting in his car at the end of the day and putting that All I Do Is Win song on. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucas always has somebody winning. Yeah, I mean, but you know, uh, no, I'm still here. But I mean, Joe and Tom tied on moto scores. You know, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like we keep looking at it like it's a supercross, and the last race is the only one that matters. But I mean, it really comes down to that second moto there. And then you look at the points for it now; it's uh, it's a tie at the top of it. And there's, I mean, Joe and Hayden yeah, tied was... 42. Hunter's only three points back. It's not like he's crazy out of it. Tom's in, got 38 points, and Levi Kitchen has got 35. Like. And then you get into these double, triple points things in these next few weeks. Like, we have no idea how this could go by Saturday evening. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because the 450 class is different. Chase has got a good gap. Chase is yeah. way up there already. So it's kind of like, hmm, how interesting could it really get? Uh, he's 12 points up, and Jet and AP are tied at 38. Dylan's got 37, and Ken has 36. So that's your top five. But, I mean, I have a 12-point lead already, like, who knows? But at least we got a tie in the 250 class where those guys are going to be going for it. Yeah, it's funny. You know, there's a 12-point lead, right? But like Joe was saying, oh, well, the first race doesn't matter because the second one's double points. Third one's triple points. But 
it's all proportionate, right? Like unless you're ninth or something, then you win the second race. That's when the points really matter. But if it's Chase versus Jet, Chase Again. Chase versus Dylan, like yeah, the the point spread's all proportionate. Mm-hmm. But dude, it's gonna make it confusing for the announcers. They're gonna have to have like some math guy. On it this already thing. is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I looked at the I looked at the point standings like afterwards, and I had to like do a double take because of the you know the buffer that some of the guys got uh, coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk about motocross of nations, Team USA. <laughs> we just got it. We just got an email, right? Oh no, they posted it. Raise they it up posted for it. USA. Yeah. Yeah, raise it up for USA golf tournament has been canceled. Uh. I read a tweet that Mathis put out that said uh, the 250 guy pulled out. And we got criticized last week on our podcast for not talking about what we knew. But, I mean, I don't know. Is it is it fair to state the facts now, Anton, or should we still? Yeah, I mean, let's just, I, let's just go ahead and do it. I mean, I think people know, like, I'm a little bit in on this deal. Um, it's kind of like my AMA thing last year, like, kind of how that all came to be uh, i've been working with mike Peltier and christina denny and all those people for a while uh, i talked mike is one of the first people i saw after the checkered flag flew on the 450 races on saturday and as i was walking back to the media tent to get ready for hours of weekend him and jeff canfield were there and we were talking and i'm like yo do you need anything from me this week because i sent a whole set of photos last week that were supposed to be used for a press release announcement that never got sent out Mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I had a press release ready to go, and then I had to pull it because of the 250 guy stopping, and um, I'll let you know if I need anything else, but really, we need a 250 guy. We would love... Uh, what it was going to be was the Austrian group, like Roger and KTM, Husky, Gas Gas are all in on it, mm-hmm. um, so they were going to do it with Max, and then with Max changing teams, it's not going to work out. Jalik was another option. Jalik is also changing teams, so that's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to make an attempt at the end of the day on Saturday to try to get Mitch to see if they could let Forkner go. And I think that that would have been great. I think that Austin would do damn near anything to be on that team. Um, I think especially for that kid in the position that he's in right now, it'd be a great thing to go see him go represent America. We know how much he loves the country. Mm-hmm. And I think like a little morale boost to show everybody like, hey, man, I still am one of the best. Just go do this race and not worry about it because he was ripping on Saturday. Um, but, dude, it's. I don't think that it's going to happen. Nobody from the team has told me anything one way or another. This is just on my assumption right now. Like yeah. All of the challenges that they're facing, it would almost be easier to not go. Uh, it's a damn shame because you are the defending champions and everything like that. Um, if you want my honest, like, just me, no connection to anybody. This is just me. Sucks. It really does suck because we should go as the defending champions. Uh, we are a big draw to this. There was even some European had people that have been making it very clear to the people in charge over here like we need you to come like what do you mean you guys are the headliners but um just not going to be that way this year this one of those times where everything's in limbo and there have been other years that other people haven't been able to go but it's going to suck to see all the criticism and all the drawback and like all these people that are going to say negative things like i get that race fans want to see this race and they want to see team usa go but man Everything that's happened in the last three years is influencing this. This is not just like, oh, one guy doesn't want to go, or this guy doesn't this, or this guy's changing teams. Mm -hmm. No, dude, you have teams that have 
gotten multiple riders. You've had teams move all the way across the country. You've had entire lineups change. You've had dudes win championships. You've had people getting married. It's just the perfect storm where it's not working for us right now. Um, do you send like a B or a C team? Yeah, you could, but I mean, it's still a lot of money and there's teams that aren't going to force that over after they race 31 times this year, yeah. you know? So and, and it's to the just, people, it is what it is. To the people saying like, let's send Masterpool or something, guys, that's, that's money that's going to have to come out of those, like Masterpool would have to front that money, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like we can just uh, back. And just send them. anyone, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, that's another whole other topic too, that I think that, you know, this event, it draws in so much money. And then, you know, there's no kickback for the riders. There's no kickback for the teams that are doing all this. It's all, you know, fundraiser based. So that's a whole nother kind of worms. And that's only come on in the last couple of years. This whole, we got to raise money for a lot of different countries. That's a new thing. Like I, I, as far as, I mean, I've been watching this race since I was a little kid and I can't remember all these other countries doing fundraisers and stuff for it. But then again, for people that know, I know there's some race fans that are super plugged in that know, like the French Federation does everything they can to make this thing work. The Italians go overboard to make their team work. And like team USA has done a great job in the years past when they've gone there. But then, you know, it's just, it's been different when they stop winning like they did and they have the losing streaks, people's morale changes, other attitudes or other things happen. And, the people that are in charge of this thing are competing against each other 29 weeks out of the year. So like it just gets a little sticky. Um, I saw some comments online and like, it doesn't matter, but somebody on the message board was like, this is why mechanics and X racers don't need to be in charge of executive decisions. And it's like, yo straight up, what the fuck are you talking about? These are the people that have made <laughs> motocross their entire life. They know every single thing about everything that happens on it. Are you going to all of a sudden say that they're not Qualified. capable of doing yeah. this? That's bullshit. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people that this means a lot to them. You know, I know oh there's a God. lot of racers that would love to go. I feel terrible for RJ because this is the second time that RJ has been told that he could go. And then it gets pulled out from underneath him Yeah. because the other time was in 21 because the team didn't go because it was in Italy and the COVID restrictions and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I'm, I'm bummed, you know, but at the same time, like, we really need to go figure out how much this shit means to all of us. Like, if Team USA, I know that they, a lot of people care. This is not like everybody's trying to get a real vacation or anything out of it because they're at the track the whole time. It's, this is not like, oh, yeah, we're going to do sightseeing Paris on one day. I've been yeah. with Team USA for years. When I went to Latvia for the first time in 2014, I went to the practice track and watched them do all that work. They're at the track from, like, six in the morning until 10 o'clock at night because like where else are you gonna go man you don't know anything that's over there it's a full-on dedicated thing it's not just some like roman holiday vacation yeah yeah Yikes. sorry for the rant so so no and and too like even even paul Ferbinos, i mean you talk to him i mean that dude is more in on this one event than any anyone i feel like right like he puts his heart and soul into this into this event and for people to, you know, talk down on it and everything, they just don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, the team was, last, as of last week when we were talking, the team was going to be Plessinger on a 450, RJ Hampshire on a 450, and Max Volan on a 250. Is the Max signing with Pro Circuit the reason that he pulled out? Uh, pretty much from what I put together, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, um, it's getting out there that 
I mean, Baby said it in Racerhead that Star said that they're not going to support it this year, regardless of who gets picked or who goes or whatever. So Dylan didn't get picked for Team France, and he was bummed on that. But, I mean, like, what was he going to get to ride? You know, yeah. I don't know. Kenny getting picked for Germany, that puts a whole, I need to ask Pipes about this because I didn't get the chance to this weekend. Like, what, what are you guys doing now? Yeah. You know, because they were it was going to work out with World Supercross being in Germany the next week. Like, they already had the bike and everything there. And I know that that's, you know, Ken's going to get his stuff. They're still going to send him. It'll be all good. But, I mean, how does Pipes work with the German team to make this happen? It, mm-hmm. For our guys to go, it's it's not as easy as just like, yo, jump over there, take your suspension in a bag, and let's make it happen. Because it's because they're not going just to go half-ass. If they want to go, win. Because it does mean yeah. you're only going to get this chance once in your life, and you're just going to, like, half-do it. Like, mm-hmm. no, man, you're going to go all the way. Yeah. Yikes. Well... Uh, I think we'll wrap it up for this week. Guys, thanks for listening to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. Thanks to Joe Shimoda for calling in. And uh, we'll talk to you next Monday after Chicagoland Speedway. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.